Before we crack on with the show, I just want to tell you about a new product from manscaped.com. If below the waist grooming is not for you and it's not for everyone, then let me see if this might interest you. It's called the Weed Whacker and it sorts out those unwanted long nose hairs and ear hairs. Now, if you get to a stage in life like me, someone who is rapidly approaching their 40s, then this is an issue that you have to deal with. And uh, according to the survey from manscaped.com, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So if you've let that get out of control, then the weed whacker might be for you. Just a reminder that if you head to the checkout at manscaped.com, you can enter the code KOA to get 20% off and free shipping. So that's KOA to get 20% off and free shipping. You'd be helping the show. You'd be helping our sponsored Manscaped. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, with that, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast sponsored by Manscaped. My name is Andy Warren. I'm joined by Stuart Watson and Ross Halls, three of the four Kings. For what, looking at my rundown, lads, is a packed show of Ipswich Town chat, even though there's no football. It's it's all about the Euros at the moment on the pitch, but off it, there's plenty going on at at Portman Road. It's uh, it's a funny old time, isn't it? It is a funny old time, and... um... Pre-season will soon be upon us, a week on Saturday. Um, it's come around really quick and I know people are getting a bit jittery about uh, plenty of exits, not enough ins so far, but um, hopefully we'll be able to calm a few few nerves today and have a little chat around everything that, that's going on at the club. Are you nervous, Ross? You've, we've got obviously plenty of exits and uh, and two ins. We'll talk about all of this in, in a minute, but are you a nervous person in general? No, I think I was surprised that we've signed two players already. You know, we're only, you know, middle of June and this is rare that we've signed two players. So um, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I'm sure Paul Cook and Koa sorting out the other players to sign. So I'm looking forward to that. It is a bit of a change, isn't it? Like As you say, it's not often that Ipswich sign players early. They have signed two, um, Wes Burns, Lee Evans. I feel sure there'll be some more before the start of, of, of pre-season training, which begins on a Saturday, which is interesting. Um, starting on Saturday, the 26th of June. Um, but it's a strange old time, isn't it? This, this feels so different to anything that we, we've we've covered and, and discussed it at Ipswich before. I've, I'm, I've not looked back at all the dates or anything like that from previous years, but everything's different. Everything's changed now. And I, and I think that's quite good. June is normally a completely dead month um, from my experience of covering Ipswich for, for 10 years. It feels like that's the time where all the players go off on holiday. The whole football world tends to go into a bit of a shutdown period in June and signings start getting announced normally at the start of July. So maybe by Ipswich getting two in early doors just kind of raised expectations that that was going to be, you know, that the tap was on and, and they would keep sort of flowing from there so for, to have now gone a, a week and a half with without one people are now sort of going well where's the rest but there is a it's a reminder to people there is a long long way to go in this window and yes ideally managers always want the core of their squad in place for the start of pre-season but very few managed to do that and I'm sure a few signings a number of them could well go right down to the wire because that is the nature of, of transfer windows but um there are quite a few plates spinning at this moment in time and uh, hopefully uh, there'll be some over the line pretty soon. We'll get onto those plates uh, a little bit later in the show. Obviously, much of the clamour for new signings is the, you know, is the belief that so many are going to depart. Plenty have gone already. Um, a very notable one yesterday in Andre Dazelle that we'll talk about in a minute. But, th- but that's where the, the nerves are creeping in because it's been made pretty clear Um by various various people along the way, that this is going to be a huge, huge rebuild for Ipswich Town. As I just mentioned, Andre Dazelle has exited the building. He's gone to Queen's Park Rangers. It's a deal that's worth a million pounds, plus plus maybe some future add-ons uh, in in terms of sell-on fees to Ipswich Town. And Stu, it's not um, 
it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we all want we all want to see these homegrown academy players succeed, um, but it doesn't it doesn't always work out that way to see them do it in in an Ipswich shirt. Andre's career is going to continue at Loftus Road in uh, in blue and white hoops. How how are you feeling about it? It's impossible not to feel a little sad that a bona fide one of our own homegrown player, proper Ipswich boy, the Dizelle family don't get much more Ipswich than that. You know, the fact that Jason was before, long before he pulled on the shirt himself, him and his family are, are mad Ipswich fans, first and foremost. Someone who used to kind of grew up a goal kick away from, from the ground, sort of waited outside the ground to kind of get in in the second half when they opened the gates. And um, so he'll be hurting that it hasn't worked out for Andre at Ipswich Town. But I think we'll probably discuss this in a bit more depth now. It just feels like the time is right both for Andre and for Ipswich Town to kind of move on. It wasn't happening for Andre for whatever reason at Ipswich Town. Ipswich have got to concentrate on getting out of League One and I'm not sure that Andre Dizel is necessarily the, the right fit for that and, and and vice versa. So sometimes it can be the right the right decision for all parties and, and the hope is that that is the case going forwards. So the, the deal's a million pounds, pretty flat. There was a, a, a buyout clause in Andre's contract that he signed. I think it was December of last year, which came as a bit of a surprise, Ross, when it when it dropped um, that he'd signed that deal. He would have been a free agent in just a couple of weeks had that deal not been signed. And obviously the reason why it was eventually signed is because this £1 million release clause was was put in. It wouldn't have been signed without it. So Ipswich didn't have a choice in this transfer when it when it came to it this time. But but how how do you feel about the £1 million fee in, in terms of Andre Dezel's value as a, as a player to Ipswich? <sighs> The big thing is, of course, you know, as you said, he's one of our own. He's a homegrown player, and you normally want more money. You know, you want a bigger fee for those sort of players. But, but you know, poor Andre, he's been. It's feel like he's been around forever, isn't he? You know, he made his debut as a sixteen-year-old, and of course, he's been with the shadow of his dad. And you know, this season just gone. You know, it's the most games he's ever played. You know, forty-six games, whatever it was. Um, One million. <sighs> A couple of years ago, I, would, I wouldn't have been happy with that. But the current state of affairs at the club, and I feel that is probably fair price. I think that's probably the most we're probably going to get for him. Definitely with his the clause in his contract, as you said. So yeah, I'm pretty happy with one million. Um, and you know, hopefully there'll be clauses that he'll activate for playing amount of games. You never know. Could he be a Premier League player in a couple of years' time? We'll wait and see on that. His price has fluctuated a lot during mm. his kind of journey and it has been a, a real journey despite the fact he's only 22 from going I remember interviewing when he was 13 years of age alongside alongside Jason and there was a buzz around him then he was already playing for the for the under 18s I think he was on the bench for the under 18s he was a regular for the under 16s at the age of before his 14th birthday then obviously he has that incredible moment on his debut at, at Hillsborough that will live long in the memory the fact that he scored on his debut at 16, just like his dad had done back in, in 1984. You couldn't make that up. And um, you just don't know how things would have gone differently had it not been for that knee injury on the opening day of the 2017-18 season. He'd just been away with England, had won the European Championships with them, started that opening day, and he was absolutely bossing that game. And... Um, it was just such an innocuous injury, um, no one around him really, and and uh, and that was his season over on the first day of the season, and and after that things had changed at Ipswich. They by the time he came back to fitness, they were in they were in a real sort of pickle with with the Hurst situation, and and his his type of player, a, a bit of a luxury player almost in terms of you know a, a real classy passer of the ball, but needs the right blend of people around him, and when you're in a relegation battle. Um, that wasn't really the time for him, and and uh, and then that first season in League One, kind of, he was in and out of the side, never built any rhythm, and 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 the Ipswich career kind of slid away over a couple of periods, uh, over a couple of seasons, really, didn't it? So we'll never know what could have been with Andre Dizel, but what we do know is Ipswich Town find themselves at this juncture now, heading into the third season of League One. They've learned a few lessons about what they've lacked in terms of physicality and. 
experience and all those sort of things that, that you need to get out of League One. And, and is Andre Dezel the answer for Ipswich right now? P- possibly not. Will he be a better player at a higher level with better players around him and a better blend of players around him? I think so as well. So so hopefully, this, this as I keep saying, hopefully it works out for everyone. I was going to ask why this is the right time for him to move from, from an Ipswich Town perspective. And, and, and that's the answer, isn't it? That, that right now... Right now, he's probably not what they need. In in terms of the Paul Cook system, I think he can play in that formation in as a deep midfield player. And I think we could well see him playing in that role elsewhere. But I think Paul Cook asks for something that bit different from it. It's not just a formation, is it? It's a system. It's a way of playing. And, and, and for me... For me, he just doesn't fit the Paul Cook all-round, all-action, high-energy midfield role, does he? And 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 that's just where Ipswich are right now. They they as you've said, Stu, they're they're trying to build a team to get out of League One. This is their third attempt at doing that, and you can't just keep putting the same the same pieces on the table and hoping for a different result. I would say. Yeah, I wonder if it could have been a little bit different last season had Downs been fit for a bigger period of last season. That's the one regret for me. Everyone, I've seen the picture from the pre-season friendly against West Ham in 2018. Really nice picture that our photographer Steve Waller captured of uh, Wolfenden, Nydam, Downs and Dazelle all sharing a bit of a joke pre-match. And they, they took on a really strong West Ham side in that game and dominated uh, that game, that sort of homegrown quartet and we were all really excited that these lads all of a similar age that have been at the club since seven eight nine that have grown up really good friends and they've all talked about their dream sort of being that they would get into the first team together and stay in there together but for whatever reason Nidam's injury down setback last season Dazelle's had his own setbacks along the way the stars didn't align for them to kind of play together and you just wonder you know whether that that could have happened for them, but it but it hasn't, and uh, here we find ourselves. And um, sometimes you've just you've got to make decisions for the here and now. Oops, which can't if you get sort of too blindsided by development and the future, you take your eye off the here and now. And uh, and Ipswich just need to just need to do what's needed to get themselves back in the championship, and then cross that that bridge when they get to it. Didn't didn't play a single competitive game together that quartet. I think that that was it. And uh, that that West Ham game actually, you saw everything that Andre was about. If you remember, the goal that that Ipswich scored that day was uh, was a beautiful through ball from from Andre. I think it was Ellis Harrison that just popped it in uh, into the back of the net. He's on the move again, by the way. Have you seen Ellis? Is uh, Ellis is moving elsewhere in League One? It looks like he's uh, leaving Portsmouth to go to Oxford. So uh, we we shall resume battle with him once again. Um, what about for Andre? What, wh- why is this a good move for Andre Dezel? It, it, obviously, he's moving to the championship. That's that's uh, on, on paper. He's moving up a level. But, but what do we think about um, what do we think about what he can do and what and why Q- Queen's Park Rangers might be a good fit for him? Not travelled far, is he? He's not gone too far away. He can head back to which pretty easily from London. Uh, Mark Warburton, I'm a big fan of him as a manager. Um, I think he'll get the best out of Andre. And as we've said, a lot of people have said that championship football is not as maybe... It's still very hard tackling and very, you know, you've got big, hairy defenders. But I think he will have more chance on the ball. And I think Cooper, I've watched some of their games and I feel like they're, they will bring the best out of Andre. So... I'm sure a lot of town fans will be looking out at QPR's side and see how he gets on. Like like any other former player, you always keep an eye out how they're doing and stuff. So hopefully he can help them. You know, I don't know if they're going to look getting promoted this year. I don't know if they're that sort of side. I think they're more mid-table at the moment, but I'm not sure they've got a bit of a project going on there. So we'll see. They finished last season really strongly, didn't they? And they, they mm-hmm. only just fell short of the playoffs. Um, they finished ninth. Ninth in the end, they've re-signed Charlie Austin, who was a success on loan. They've re-signed Sam Field, the uh, West Brom midfielder, who did well on loan as well. So, yeah, there'll be a team that wants to be upwardly mobile in, in the championship next season. Um, why is it a good move for Andre? Well, he's probably tripled his wages, so that, that probably helps for, for a start. Um, 
I'd like to think that he'll kind of move move to London and, and do it properly um, instead of sort of sticking in Ipswich and commuting. I think um, it might just be a good thing for him to get away from. I'm reluctant to call it a goldfish bowl in Ipswich because it's not it's not it's not Glasgow it's not um, it's not Newcastle but it's a small town where everybody knows each other and Andre will be is a name the Dizelle name is well known. And there's been a pressure on him playing for this club, I would say, growing up. There's been a, there was, a, I always felt for him when he came into the side, parachuted back in after about an eight, nine game absence. And then people expected him to, to produce straight from the off. And sometimes he didn't. And that was fair that people go, well, he never took his chance. And he probably didn't at times. But how often was it, oh, he got stuck out on the right wing for a game? Or, um, I just think, I just think it was it was hard for him to get any kind of rhythm prior to prior to this season just gone. But he started really well, and I thought we we saw his best qualities. So I just think for him, a fresh start, a different place, surrounded by different voices, um, might might be a good thing for him. That, that really struck me in Andre's. Um, I watched Andre's uh, first QPR interview on their on their website yesterday, and he talked about a move that takes him out of his comfort zone, which he's not. He's not the first and he won't be the last sort of Ipswich youngster who says that when they leave. And I think a few more are probably going to be in that situation potentially this summer where where you go elsewhere and you have to prove yourself all over again. And crucially, Stu, as, as you were saying there, you kind of have the chance to prove yourself all over again without preconceptions, without expectations and, and just without that pressure of... <sighs> What are we going to call it? It's not a goldfish bowl. We call it, is it a bubble? Is it a is it a sink? I don't know. Whatever, whatever it, whatever it is. Like Andre steps outside his house, and he everyone knows him. Like London's very different, isn't it? It's you don't have to live in in Shepherd's Bush, um, and and you're not going to be you're not going to be in in the the bubble or the goldfish bowl. So it strikes me as a, as a really good destination for him. I love Loftus road. If I was a, if I was a championship football player, I would, I'd quite like, I'd like to be a QPR player because it's so tight in there. And and when QPR are going well, I've been there at various different points of QPR's kind of arc. And, and when things are going well inside there, it's, it's so loud. The fans are so close to the pitch. There's the corrugated iron everywhere, which I love. Give me more of that at football grounds. It's um, it's a really good club. I'd uh, I'd be quite enthused to be a QPR player. So if if you're listening, Mr. Warburton, and you need an overweight, aging left back, um, te- text me, text me, and bring me in. Um, twelve months down the line crystal ball time put your hands around the goldfish bowl if you want how do you think we're going to be reflecting on on this move in 12 months time Russ what's your gut feeling of of how we'll be reflecting it reflecting on it from both the club's perspective and and how Dazelle has done I think I watched the Andre interview as well and he said it was time I think I think it was maybe time for him to to move on and you know go to his next chapter of his career uh, hopefully we've had a good season. Hopefully he's had a good season with QPR. Um, if QPR get promoted, then that is one hell of a, a season for him and he's going to be a Premier League player, but I don't know how confident they are with that. But uh, I don't think there'll be any regrets from him or the club. I think that was probably the perfect move for him. And, you know, I think all of us just wish him all the best. And as we said, as I said, we'll keep an eye out on how he gets on. And we'll, I'm sure... That that'd be the question. What will his reception be like when you know we play QPR next? When he returns to Bourton Road, I'm sure a lot of fans will, you know, give him, you know, a lot of cheers and stuff. Although I heard that when Jason Dazell returns, there was a few boos. And I think that was a different situation that transfer. But I'll have to let people who were in the nineties watching that. But I heard he got a bit of boos when he returned. But I'm sure Andre probably won't get any boos. Mm-hmm. I guess it was it's probably a bit of a different situation in terms of. Yeah. Um, the circumstance in which Jason moved on compared to Andre. I'm just pleased he didn't go to Norwich because those talks got pretty pretty advanced at the start of, um, well, it was the summer of 2019. Um, and that the way he'd be reflected on there would, would be entirely <laughs> different. I'm sure, uh, you know, if he goes on to do good things and Ipswich progress, then it will be a nice warm welcome for him. And who knows, you know, he's only 22 years old. Who knows what's further down the line? Maybe, 
maybe just maybe he ends up back at Ipswich at some point as as well. But um, Jason did. Yeah. Jason Jason had a little spell in the late nineties. Came back. I think he was on a, almost like a month to month pay as you play thing. He came back. I remember him. He played against Manchester United. I think in the League Cup and uh, he had a little uh, little spell as things came to an end for him. You never know. Just on the on, before we move on from Dazoa, I think that people have talked about the fee. Um, I'm debating whether that's 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 good or or bad. For me, a million pound for a League One player. We have to keep reminding ourselves this is League One, and and there's not many seven figure fees that go around for League One players. Just regardless, I know there have been times in the past where I think the Norwich speculation at the time was that it was, which we're looking for four or five, um, but for a player in 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 League One. Um, who's only really had one season of regular men's football behind him. I think that's a pretty good fee. And that, that can go a long way in what is a depressed COVID-affected market. A million pounds will, will, will do very nicely, given Ipswich are restricted to spending 60% of their turnover. I think that, that will be really helpful mm. as they uh, as they try and get some players in. Um, Rakeem Harper, who uh, this might be a nice segue here, is, uh, you know, we believe that's about a £500,000 fee for him. So, you're getting almost your Andre replacement with some uh, with some money to spare, so that will hopefully be good business. Come on, then segue us. Keep going. Where what, what are we what are we saying about Raheem Harper? It's one that's been been in in the works for a long time. It's one that we're understanding is incredibly close to being done, but yet there's no scarf picture in out in the wild, although it might have been taken. Um, why? Why not? Yes, it's a done deal. It's just um, complicated by the, the the chaos behind the scenes at West Brom at the moment. They can't appoint themselves a new manager. It sounded like uh, Chris Wilder w- was the choice of many people uh, behind the scenes there and that he was keen on it. And then their owners blocked that for whatever reason. Um, then they go all out for David Wagner, who, who's turned them down because he wants to stay in Germany. And uh, so now they're moving on to their, their next target. The um, the Harper deal should go through. The only potential fly in the ointment that I can see here is if they go and get Michael Appleton. And I think it would be a, they'd do well to lure him away from from Lincoln at the moment. But um, Appleton Appleton might might be the sort of manager that arrives and. Um, he worked at West Brom's youth setup, didn't he, uh, back in the day? So I don't know how much whether he'll have worked directly with Harper, but he might be the sort of manager that thinks, actually, um, I, I might stop this one going through. But it, it's done. It, pretty much everything's signed off from from what we gather, and they're just waiting for uh, West Brom to sort their manager out and get that signed off. So, but you're right. Until until we see that picture with him holding up the scarf, um, there there will be some nerves until it's properly done. Yep. Um, very awkward at West Brom. I think their sporting director's quit as well over all of this because he, he obviously he's, he's taken Chris Wilder's name to the West Brom board. This this is who we want to appoint, and then the uh, the owners have said no, and that's ultimately resulted in their sporting director moving on. So, in terms of who would actually fully sign this off at the West Brom end, I don't know who would do that now. Everybody, <laughs> everyone that could do it is gone. But um, like you say, Stu, hopefully that one. That one goes through. Let's stick with the midfield theme. If he if he does come in, that that's Harper and Evans, which feels like a Paul Cook kind of midfield to me. There's an there's obviously another another name in there on the midfield list in in Flynn Downs, who very closely linked to Andre. Obviously, one of the one of the uh, one of the lads that have been together since the ages of eight or nine. Um, there's every chance he moves on as well, isn't there? This summer, Barnsley interested. Other championship clubs too. Um, feels to me like it feels to me like this one's heading that way for for Flynn Downs as well. Which I, I'll, I'll be honest, I would be a lot. I'd be more disappointed to see Flynn move on than I than I would than I would Andre Dizel. Flynn Downs is a player I absolutely love watching, and it feels a real shame if he doesn't fulfil what he should perhaps have fulfilled in in an Ipswich shirt. That's where that's where I'm at with Flynn but I can I can fully see from both sides why this one might might happen yeah I, I think he's far more suited to we're talking about players suited to League One football I think he's a Paul Cook type of player 
in terms of the, the fire and the tenacity that, that he plays with. Um, missed him badly last season, I thought, with, with the injuries. I thought he was their, their standout player by far in, in the first season in the League One. He's effectively contracted for two more years. It's the last year of his contract for Ipswich, which hold the option to extend that. Um, but I, I think it's very history shows it's standing in the way of players who have had a sniff of, of going higher up the chain and, and blocking that rarely works out well. Rarely does it, rarely do you then sort of then get the best out of that, that player again, I suggest it was a, it was a mantra of Mick McCarthy's as soon as a player's head is, is slightly turned, there's no point standing in their way, get your best deal and move on. And I think Paul Cook will have that same mentality. He's talked about players being totally committed to this football club that are that are all in on, on the vision of this football club. And Flynn, understandably, had his head turned by Crystal Palace last season, a Premier League club. They'll have seen what happened to Andre, who, you know, turned down Liverpool only to get that knee injury. And and those moments can can disappear quite quickly. You're an injury away from those big, big career moves sliding by. So I, I kind of understand why why Flynn tried to force the issue with the transfer request last year. That was probably hanging him over him a little bit last year. And 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 our understanding is that while it's not necessarily a formal transfer request this time, the chat with Paul Cook is, you know, if if uh, if higher clubs come along this time he would still be quite keen on it. And Paul Cook is probably respectfully say, okay, I'll be disappointed to leave you, but we're we're not going to block you this time as long as the deal is right for us. So it's now down to those championship clubs to to come up with with the fee that will be suitable. Um, be interesting to see what that is. Palace, they were rejecting sort of around circa £2 million for him last time. Um, a year into his contract now, an injury hit season down the line, that value w- would have to drop. Um, so, yeah, I just hope that one doesn't drag on too long late in late into the window yeah that, that, that's how I feel about this one um from what I'm hearing that value has dropped and and the clubs that are looking into wh- whether Ipswich's valuation of him has dropped or not I, I, I'm not so sure I think they would still feel like they could maybe be getting that 1.8 1.9 million that that Palace were were looking at previously but these championship clubs that are showing showing interest are, are more at the more at the million pounds sort of Andre Dezel um, Mark, which which in many ways in many ways disappoints me, um, but you can only play you can only play the game that's on the table at the time, and this is a this is a very different market. It's a different summer. Flynn Downs, as you say, has had a year, just never really got going, did it for him, and and and, that, and that's just the the way things are. Ross, how would you how would you feel about a um, a Flynn Downs departure this summer? Obviously, that that would mean Downs and Dazelle both both moving on in the same summer? I think we're all bracing ourselves last summer for him to leave. I think we, you know, I sort of just got over him nearly leaving last summer. Now, another summer of like, will he go, will he not go? We've already seen Andre go. Seeing then Flynn Downs go, that's a double heartbreak, really. Um, Definitely two homegrown players. Um, Just let's get our clauses in those contracts. If he does leave for only a little fee, one point, you know, a million, 1.5, Put some clauses in there. I know they sometimes it takes a couple, you know, years probably until we get those clauses, but make sure we've got some backups there. But I think I'll be more sad if, as you said, um, Andy, I think I'll be more sad if Flynn does go because I think he's, he's he needs that one more season where he can really show what he's all about. You know, he's last year was just devastating for the lad. You know, once again, injuries come into play. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on this, but. Another another day to to mourn if he does leave. Yep, yep. Disappointing it would be. Um, should we stick with homegrown midfielders and talk about Liam about Liam Gibbs? He's a he is out of contract in, in just a few weeks. So obviously he's a teenager, which means Ipswich would have um, sort of compensatory rights on him. There, they're trying to keep him. They've offered deals, but that there's interest from from a variety of clubs elsewhere, including. Uh, Including Norwich City, um, we've all had a, a bit of a brief glimpse of, of Liam, haven't we? But I think Ross, you'd have seen him play a bit more in the Youth Cup this season. We would have seen him play 
we saw him start a League One game. We've seen him play some EFL Trophy games, and there's there's a fair bit to like there, isn't there? He's a he's a talented boy. Once again, he, he's so young as well. It's just you know you, sometimes you you put too much on players. Sometimes definitely with Andre, you know when he was 16, a lot of people were probably jumping on him, going oh he needs to play, play, play. But he's a young lad, but. I'd love him to stay at the club. I think you know I've 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 liked what I've seen of him. Um, he's very mature for his age as well. He's really shown what he can do, and to him already play a few you know times for the first team shows what he's all about. Uh, hopefully, he won't do the the bad thing and go to Norwich because that would be a very bad thing for him to do. A uh, little peep show reference there for you, um, but <laughs> it's it, it's not a yeah. Um... Very different, very different bad things in this scenario. Yeah, very different. Yeah, very, very, very different. Uh, Stu, over to you. <laughs> I just want to say mega tsunami now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really like what, we, what we've seen of him. Um, I remember one of the EFL trophy games where he got real sort of um, just tenacity, just wouldn't give up on a, on a, a situation, sort of pressed high, won the ball back, got an assist in, in that game. Thought he handled his debut in really difficult circumstances with Charlton, the Charlton home game, which was a disappointing day for the team. But in the circumstances, I thought he showed real maturity uh, in that game. I, I think he'll, I think they'll get this done. I think this is just a, a negotiation uh, situation where Ipswich have, have come in low, and that you know he's he's a, he's a Suffolk boy. I think he'll know that his his pathway is is hopefully a bit clearer to first team football here and that's always the sell for for clubs in this position that stay here and you've you've got better chance of of playing first team football but I also think Ipswich are trying to wrestle back a bit of um control over sort of maybe there's a sense that there's been a bit more bit more too much player power from top to bottom over recent years and Ipswich I think with Cook are, are taking a bit more of a firmer approach of you know, this is where we're at. This is how we value. And if it's not if it's not right for you, then we move on and we get other people that are fully in on Ipswich Town. And that will be the same for senior players all the way down to highly rated youth players. But uh, I hope he stays and, and I think he will. We're going to get on to a, a bit more of a chat about where, where Town are at in terms of incomings, um, some comments from Mark Ashton and maybe how the market is shaping up out there. But... It's worth noting at this point, Stu, that there has actually there has been a signing in the last the last couple of days. I don't think it's going to be one that's going to be um, that's going to be threatening Paul Cook's first team for for August the seventh, and and it's going to be a, a a slide into the the under twenty threes job. But um, a long term trialist, it's Callum Page from from is it Needham Needham Market um, has got a professional contract at Ipswich Town. I love that route. I love. I love seeing local non-league players who haven't come through academies slide in and, and see what they can do. It's um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on, won't it? Yeah, uh, it's um, it's a well-trodden path with someone like Simon Milton who, who came into it later from from a non-league background. Obviously, sort of more famously, people like Jamie Vardy and others that have come into it quite late. Tyrone Mings as well. I think sometimes it gives them a, a better grounding of, of life. People that have actually had a, a real job and maybe there's a bit more hunger that you've come into it late and a bit more appreciation for it and that you've not been in that professional football bubble since the age of seven or eight and having your, your bottoms wiped by uh, everybody in a professional setup, um, metaphorically. But um, I haven't I haven't seen him play Ross is probably better better equipped to talk about him because you watch a bit more of the 23s but it sounds like he's played virtually most positions for Kieran Dyer's team this season probably uh but is seen as sort of best in any of those attacking roles really a 10 or out wide quick feet is the phrase that comes up when I when I when I speak to people about him um you're right he'll probably be a 23s player next season and maybe out to get a bit of men's football on loan Look good the one time I saw him. I I I think I due to um due to COVID and stuff, it's been it's been hard to to watch the twenty threes as much as we'd like this season. There was one game at Portman Road towards the end of the season. I think you were there as well, weren't you, Rossi? Yeah. Um he played uh, he played well in that game. He's he's got quick feet, like you say, Stu, and can can get on the ball and, and tries to make 
tries to make something happen. So, um, yeah, have, have you seen any more of him other, other than, than that one game? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That is probably the only game I saw him play in. Um, I'm sure there was clips and I'm sure they put highlights out for other 23s games. But as you said, with COVID, there's not been an opportunity for us to go to games regularly at Portman Road or Playford Road. So, uh, but yes, yeah, as you said, it's a nice little journey, you know, for these sort of players, you know, getting an opportunity to actually sign a professional contract, a professional club. Um, I'm sure he's, he's buzzing. He's a local lad as well. Um, but yeah, likelihood he'll probably mainly play under 23s. We've seen a lot of players like that just played under 23s football and then maybe get a chance because we've got the good old EFL trophy still. So we could possibly see him in that, maybe. Papa John's trophy. We'll, 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 yeah, yeah. Can you chuck the sponsor in, Ross? Because I think we could, um, as well as getting some free some free shavers um, <laughs> for, for our nether regions, on a more practical level, on a more basic day-to-day level, it would be nice to get some free pizza. Yeah. So... Um, Big up the Papa John's trophy. Um, this is absolutely stacked with with talking points. This this podcast. I haven't even written down the fact that David Cornell has been been paid up on uh, by, by mutual consent. We should we should probably give give him his due. He's he's moved on after after one season. Um, from what I gather, there's every chance he he latches on in the in the championship, and we'll have to to fight for a fight for his place. His place there is maybe a number two going in into a club, but just um, just briefly, guys, um, thoughts on on David Cornell's one one season as an Ipswich player? I don't, I don't think he's one that's going to go down in kind of the, uh, the annals of history, is he? As um, as particularly memorable? No, how many start? I don't know how many starts he made. It's, uh, Fifteen season. in all, ten in the league. Um. He was he was fine, wasn't he? But I don't know if he's going to be the goalkeeper that kind of progresses Ipswich to the next level. That's clearly the the, the decision that that Paul Cook and his coaching staff have come to. They got a new goalkeeper coach coming in, John Keeley, who I'm sure will will have a, a big big say in in uh, which direction they want to go down next season. So um, yeah, I, th- I think they can upgrade on on Ho- Holy and Cornell, and that's obviously the decision that that they've come to. But mm. um, he just didn't do enough to separate himself from Holy, did he? Holy, Holy had the number one, the one shirt going into the season. Cornell didn't help himself with a with a pretty poor error at Tottenham in pre-season on his debut in a game that he pushed really hard to play in just a couple of days after signing when they suggested that he shouldn't. And from that, from then on, Holy, Holy had the shirt. They started well. And um, for me, Cornell just didn't do enough in, clearly didn't do enough in training or in games to separate himself from Thomas Holy, even though if you if you ask some of those within the within the camp, they they would tell you that they thought that Cornell was probably the better the better goalkeeper of the two. You, you do have to you do have to do enough to to earn the shirt, don't you? And al- although he had some good moments, he played really well in that cup game at home to Fulham early on. Had a really good game at at Shrewsbury before the end, saved the penalty from from Joe Piggott, but um, he also fumbled. Horrific! It was horrific, really, wasn't it? Fumbled. Brett Pittman shot into the net at Swindon. So, all in all, um, have you got anything got anything to add on David Cornell, Ross? He had a good haircut. Nice, you know, did, did it? Did, did he? Ah, uh, nah. You know, lockdown and all that jazz. But though footballers, they get haircuts, don't they? Even during lockdown. But um, but nah. You know, he won't be one to remember. It'll be a good strike question in a few years' time. How many games did he play? So, uh, keep that locked in for a strike in the future. And that's what they all want, really, isn't it? Just to just to do enough to to be in contention for for a strike question, or or even better to do the outro. But um, he, uh, I'm not sure David Cornell is going to be getting that gig anytime soon. It's not, and it's but few tears probably over David Cornell leaving. But much the same when Will Norris left, I think people would kind of reflect on his time at Ipswich uh, in a similar way. And he, he's gone on to play Premier League football since then. So. Um, Got the world of goalkeepers is is a is a funny old one, isn't it? You can be the sort of the the bench warmer to to hero that your your narrative can change very quickly as a goalkeeper. So um, we may well see David Cornell playing for a championship team next season. Yeah, we shall see. Right, Mark Ashton I heard a lot from Mark Ashton in the last in the last few couple of weeks. He started work obviously just over two weeks ago now, but he was on the. He was on the radio 
uh, the back end of last week. And obviously the first question is, where are the signings, Mark? Where are they coming from? And he said, referencing what we spoke about at the beginning, that plates are certainly a spinning, that there are three, four, five, possibly even six, we understand, deals spinning around at certain stages of, of completion. Obviously, one of those is Rakeem, Rakeem Harper. Um, we'd like to see some of these get done soon, wouldn't we? Just just another little nerve settler. Chuck chuck another one in and uh, start building start building a, almost a recognisable recognizable squad that'd be good wouldn't it how how we um how do we see this at the moment Stu? um going right back to what i said at the start as much as everyone starts off with with ideals of getting getting stuff done early it, it rarely works out that way because there's always a domino effect and i think this window is it is different to to ones of the past because there is still this after effect of covid clubs are still kind of finding their way post a season where there's been no no gate receipts and revenue and and I think judging by speaking to people within the game that the penny hasn't necessarily dropped for a lot of players that that wages are just not going to be where they were and so there's a bit of a waiting game where clubs are going to go in with with offers players might turn their nose up at it uh, go away and it might take them a few weeks to realise that, OK, that there isn't these offers forthcoming and, that, and they'll rethink it. So there, there might be a little bit of a waiting game going on there. Um, Ipswich could do without playing that waiting game, but um, that's that's the way it is at the moment. I mean, I'd use, I'd use Matt Crooks as, as an example. There is someone that they've they've made very clear that he's a, he's a, he's a big target for them this summer. Um He's probably now going away and thinking about, do I really want to drop down to League One? Are, are the wages that are on offer, they're good, but are they good enough for me to kind of jump at this now? Or shall I bide my time and see what else is there? Andy, you you understand that Derby are a team that are interested in him, but their situation is muddied by the, the transfer embargo that they're under and all stuff like that. So it's far more complicated than uh, than people realise getting getting these deals done. I think potentially other other championship teams as well. Peterborough, I've heard potentially having a little look at having a little look at that one. He's a, he's a player that people people will want, but I think I think you're right. There's a feeling that that players are maybe in a maybe in a little bit of a bubble and not quite understanding of of what that how the land lies. Maybe there are agents out there that haven't necessarily been as honest as they need to be with their clients about the state of play out there in the hope of getting something done that's a bit more to their a bit more to their liking so you would hope at league 1 level that ipswich have got certainly compared to recent years more of the financial clout to to move quicker on 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 some of these but there's also you also don't want to overpay if you move too quick you 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 absolutely end up overpaying and that that's how i understand the the, the state of things is with someone like someone like Colby Bishop, who is a player that we know that that Paul Cook really likes. They haven't moved on it because they haven't they haven't. It's not clear what the market is for him. It's not clear what the going the going rate is, and I think that's true with a few with a few deals from from what I hear. In that teams are waiting for other teams to make to make the first move in terms of fees in order to to set the market and I, I guess the same is probably probably true in in terms of of wages you'd think that you wait for an, you wait for somebody to set the market and then Ips, Ipswich as the example would hope that they can just go in over over the top of that and get it done it's um it's certainly fascinating i wonder whether they Ipswich would feel like they maybe felt like they'd have a few more done by this stage than they they ultimately have Possibly, and I'm sure players and and selling clubs are are hearing some of the noise surrounding Ipswich and their new owners. And we've already seen the quotes from Carl Robinson uh, about that. That people are going, "Oh, it's Ipswich. They've got a bit of money sloshing around now." And maybe they're being a bit unrealistic and adding some zeros onto onto fees uh, and trying to trying to squeeze a bit more money out of Ipswich. And it's not a case of Ipswich not wanting to pay it. It's a case of not being able to pay it. They can have all the money in the world behind them 
but you are still bound by the the FFP rules and 60% of turnover. So they've got to be quite careful and uh, you don't want to overpay for some players at the top end of your budget and then create a bit of a mismatch between your top earners and your lower earners within a squad because they'll all know what each other's on and that doesn't doesn't do much for squad harmony in, in what will be a tight-knit squad for Paul Cook. So th- there's a lot of things for Ipswich to, to consider and as much as we want to see signings now, they've got to be the right signings and uh, we don't want to see them panicking t- too early and overpaying. So um, for now, we trust in, in, in Ashton who has, has really hit the ground running and has, has been a real a real energetic force for the club from from day one. Paul Cook, as we know, matches that sort of energy. So I think for now we need to sit back and and trust in these guys to to do the right thing and hopefully it all comes together. Trust the process. That's a, That was a big, big slogan of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in the, in the NBA where they spent, this is, this is a tangent, but I'm going to say it anyway. They spent probably about three years intentionally losing in order to get the high draft pick every year for three years. And they ultimately, they've ultimately turned that into a team that, that's really competitive. Um, but their slogan through all of that was trust the process. And, well, uh, I mean, it's just been Ipswich's plan then to intentionally lose for three years. This has been just leading <laughs> to this point because they've played an absolute blinder, if that's the case. Well, I, I hope it, I hope there's not too many parallels because also the um, I think it was the general manager of the 76 is a man called Brian Calangelo um, ended up having to quit his job because he had a burner account on social media slagging off all the players and it kind of um, and it, and his wife and his wife and it all came and it all came it all came to light. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that part of it doesn't doesn't come true burner accounts and, and twitter can be can be a dangerous thing but let's go with trust the process um maybe that maybe that could be the headline of our uh we'll mark mark always tries to come up with a, a nice headline and theme for for the front of our pre-season supplement doesn't he maybe maybe trust the process could be a, an early outlier there there are some busy teams out there um league one notably wigan Stu, who um they're 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 getting job. They're getting it done, aren't they, Ross? So I'll come to you. We'll come to you on um, on Guion Edwards in a minute. I think just to, just 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 to have your say on that one. But but Stu, for you first. Um, Jordan Cousins was the latest to go in at Wigan yesterday. What more they've they've got in at centre half? Um, Guion, obviously. Um, they're moving, aren't they? They're, it's going to be a different Wigan next season. Yeah, Tom Tom Naylor from Portsmouth. Their captain. They've picked him up on on a free as well. So um, they have been the biggest busiest club in in League One thus far. I think we talked in a previous podcast about how they're going to be with their new ownership shopping in the in the same sort of market. It it, um, it it makes sense that Liam Richardson will probably have a very similar shopping list to Paul Cook. The pair of them having worked together for for so long, they're probably in the similar sort of budgets or not, or not far apart. So um, they're they're the ones getting some deals done at this moment in time. I'm really intrigued by this kind of. Uh, this this Wigan Ipswich narrative next season with 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 Cook and Richardson. I wonder if there's been too many phone calls between the pair of them so far hmm. this this window. I'd love things to listen little, in on it. Things were a little frosty between the pair hmm. apparently when after uh, after Richardson signed his uh, his contract to stay on at Wigan. I think they crossed paths for an under twenty threes game and it was um, not quite as. Uh, all the handshakes and man hugs that we'd seen uh, for the for the game at the DW Stadium mm. earlier in the season. I was about to say I'd like to listen in on the the phone calls between Cook and um, and Richardson, but given given some of the accusations that have been made against journalists, national journalists in recent years, I would like to redact that comment <laughs> and make it very clear that I in no way condone listening into private phone conversations between two individuals. I've got no business being involved in that whatsoever. And I, I would like to stress that I, I've never done that at all during my journalism career. Um, Ross Halls, Guion Edwards, um, your boy. Is he still your boy or is he, uh, or have you turned your back, turned your back on him? Not fast to be fair. Not fast. He can, uh, you know, well, remember that five game streak of him scoring those goals We'll remember that very fondly, um, but yeah, he's he's gone for for that challenge at Wigan. Um, I'm sure it'll get a nice reception when he returns to Portland Road. But you know, in a way, it was just a a moment 
in our lives. That was a fantastic moment. But I'm moving on to my new boy, Wes Burns, another <laughs> Welshman. You've, you've uh, gone early there. I'm got, yeah, I've gone early. I love Wes, but I've, I've signed in my FIFA career mode. So I've, I, I knew I knew we were going to sign him back in 2020. Was it 2020? Yeah, 2020, last summer. And he's a, he's a pacey boy. I love my pacey wingers. So although, could he be playing fullback for us? I, I heard that on the podcast. So, yeah. Would he Wait, still so be your boy at fullback? He he can actually play there, so that's fine. Guion just he's not a right back. He's not a right wing back. He should never have been there. So yeah, hopefully Wes Burns will do a better job there. There's no loyalty from neither you or Mark that you know. Mark's kind of ditched Aaron Dryden and you've ditched Guion Edwards. I want us uh, less fickle with your emotions. He's not here you. anymore though. He's not here. If he was still here, Guion, he's still my my boy. But he left. He he, he left he's me. Dead to you. He's dead. He's dead to you yeah. Poor Guion. Um. Other departures. How interested are you two in the uh, the great rebuild of Colchester United in 2021? Which, by my count, we're now up to what we've got. We've got Dean Gherkin in goal. You could have a back three of Tom Eastman, Luke Chambers and Tommy Smith. You need a left back there. Uh, they're talking to Frank Newble about coming back. He could play up front with t- Freddie Sears. And there's a real possibility that Emir Hughes and Alan Judge um, could ultimately end up there as well, which leaves a left back and maybe, depending on where you play, Judge, two wingers before you're getting to the full former Ipswich Town 11. Do you care as much as I do? Because I'm absolutely fascinated by this and I'm already keen to go and watch them in action to see how they get on. And how do you think they will do? Hmm. Do you care? Intrigued. I'm intrigued. I wouldn't say I care. I'm just intrigued how they're going to get on. Um, and we don't cover Colchester anymore, do we, for the paper? But that would be a very... There's nice tie-ins there. Former town players get the win, you know, whatever the, the headline would be. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I care that much, but I'm intrigued. I'm sure... You know, if, if we got, get asked to go to a game to cover it, then yeah, why not? But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we get on. A very B-team-esque, over 30s side. And as you know, over 30s, not in my squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Fair enough. They're, they're, they're dead to you as well. Just to be clear, I'd, I have no desire whatsoever to cover them other than in the pre-season friendly at the end of July, which will fascinate me. I feel like I've covered them all enough, but I would like <laughs> I, I would like to I would like to watch them. Stu, do you do you care? Are you bothered? Are you intrigued? Same Were as they... Ross, really. Mildly intrigued. I'll probably have a, have a look at their results each week and see see how the players are going. I'll always look out for some Luke Chambers quotes because uh, they're always good. Um, Will it be a success? Ooh, look at that face. I've got no idea. It's, it's, um, it's heavy on experience. I mean, the Colchester have, got, have been sort of priding themselves on the homegrown talent from their, their Tiptree training base, haven't they? It's gone from sort of one extreme to the other, sort of Robbie Cowling telling managers to play all of the kids to now getting to getting all of these sort of ex-Ipswich players towards the end of their career. Um I think they'll do fine. I don't know if they'll necessarily be in the thick of the promotion push, but I think they'll be mid to top half would be my uh, my prediction. What about you? I think they're going to be in the mix. If, if, and if this is a big if, they need to find someone who can score some goals. Frank um, Newble. Yeah, they need to find no. someone who could score some goals um, would be would be my, it, and I don't think that needs to be an X an ex-Ipswich player, if I'm completely honest. I think they need to find someone who can score some goals. And if they can, I think I think they'll be in the mix. I think they, they could be they could be a decent a decent team. Stu, whenever you whenever you talk about the uh Colchester's tip tree training base, all I can think of is jam. That's all I can think of. I've I've never been there. You obviously I assume you have in your Colchester days. Is there any kind of jam jam themed anything going on down there? Is it in any way is it close what to the jet? What the you jam? want in like the white lines painted in in jam instead, or something like that? Just, just as a nod to the the local heritage, or just some readily available jam. 
Uh, I have seen no jam uh, on my visits to Colchester United's training ground. Sorry. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, we, we're getting towards the end of this, of a packed, what's going to be a packed hour of Ipswich Town chat. And Ross, we'll save just, just for the end here. Um, this is your specialist subject coming in now. Last, was it the end of last week? There's a pretty moment, or was it the start of this? A momentous, a real momentous day for for the for the women's side at Ipswich Town women who in Sophie Pesket have their first professional football player. Of, of all the things that we've just discussed, actually, in terms of momentous events, this is probably the most momentous of all of them because it, it's it's a huge, huge thing for for an increasingly impressive side of the football club isn't it that that they've got their first professional player and and the potential maybe for more to follow down the line it feels like a big 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 step and that is the word big it was a mentor's day you know what a moment for for the football club as a whole and for women's football as well you know tier three teams do not have professional players I don't think they've ever had a professional player at that that level of women's football and I think one player that definitely deserves it is Sophie Pescott. You know, I've been lucky enough to watch her play since she's making her debut as a 16-year-old and she's straight away proven that she can play at the highest level and I'm sure Joe and all the other coaches will help her get there. Um, but just just mad to think, you know, it's great that the women's team is now getting getting opportunity to give, you know, players professional contracts. Um, and yeah, hopefully many more to come. At this point, I'll point you in the direction of, of Tractor Girls Talk, which is um, the two podcasts below this on the feed, which is one we've added to uh, added to the stable in, in recent weeks with you and you and Katie Sandals, our our women's football columnist. But what, what's gonna? What do you think is gonna change? What will change for Sophie, and what will change for the club? Do you think with um, with obviously a, a professional a professional player and and potentially more. I'm sure there'll be more coverage. I'm sure there'll be a lot of, you know, a lot of national interest thinking, wow, they've got a professional player. Like Sophie won't need to worry about getting a, a job, you know, to be a waitress or whatever they, you know. Unfortunately, you know, players who, who just play um, for a hobby, they have to have another job on the side. Um, they have to fit around training and stuff. But for herself, she said it already, she's going to hopefully do some coaching with the, um, what well, is a community trust. So that'll be her sort of thing she'll do. And of course, you know, she will continue her education as well. I think she's going to be going to university as well. But um, this is a, a great step for the the game of women's football, you know, for them to actually know they've got an, a pathway there to actually become a professional instead of worrying, okay, this will be my hobby and I'll have to find like a, a full-time job. Sometimes you can't actually fit football in because sometimes jobs can be full on and, you know, but... Be very interesting on um, how far it will go in terms of you know will the whole team get professional contracts? But we'll wait and see on that. I'm gonna my, my three year old daughter is um, beginning to show some interest in kicking a ball around. So uh, mm. I'm gonna get that little bit more pushy. Be one of those horribly pushy dads. <laughs> um, so Brett, um, obviously the the women the women's side of the game is growing there. It's great news that, that Sophie's got that professional contract. But in terms of um, in terms of women's football and at Ipswich Town, some really interesting comments from co-owner Brett Johnson um, in an, an article that he's done with the uh, the Athletic in recent days. He's he's uh, discussed a wide range of things, but one of the things he's discussed in there is his potential desire to one day have a have a female manager of one of his men's sides, which um, which is which is great to hear as well, isn't it? Yeah, before before I address that, my my five year old daughter came home from school recently with a letter inviting her onto a Norwich City uh, training course, and we're in we're in the middle of Suffolk, so uh, that went in the bin straight away. Um, Good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Brett Johnson's comments. Yeah, um, that would be a real trailblazing moment, wouldn't it, to uh, to get a female manager in 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 the men's game at the higher level. It's been talked about for years, I think, going back almost 10 years to when Hope Powell was getting linked to jobs. It's not, everyone was saying it's an inevitability that uh, it would happen in the next sort of uh, decade or so. It hasn't transpired. There's a lot of talk now um, about whether it could happen sooner rather than later. But um, I just think it shows that these new American owners, and this is something that Mark Ashton has referenced, 
are thinking outside of the box. They do think differently, and I think they're going to bring a freshness to Ipswich Town in general that sometimes people that are so embedded in English football and within the game become blinded to just different ways of doing things because this is what we do because that's the way it's always been done. And I think these guys have have done things a little bit differently at Phoenix. They've got different experience and why not try different things? And if that means at some stage that they're they're just open-minded to different possibilities and if that means looking at a women's manager, then then why not? And for me, I, I think it should happen at some point because I think it would it would bring a di- I think it would completely change the dana- dynamic of a dressing room in, in the way that, rightly or wrongly, I think the men's players would interact differently with, with a female manager. I think I don't know if it's a sweeping statement to say that maybe there be, might be a bit more human empathy that would, would come from a female manager. That might, that might be terribly sexist comment for me to say, but it would they would bring different... It would just be a different dynamic. Of course it would. Uh, and, and it could be a dynamic that I think could really work if it got the right fit of the right the right manager for the right club at the right time, uh, I think that could that could be a really powerful thing, whether it was to happen at Ipswich or whether it's to happen at one of the other clubs in Brett Johnson Stable. Obviously, they've got Phoenix. They're going to have Rhode Island launching. They've got the club in Denmark. They're looking to, to branch out into Australia. So whether it happens perhaps away from the media spotlight to start with, but just the fact that he's being so open-minded to, to different things it excites me further. There's someone associated with Ipswich. Yeah, he, he's obviously got. Um, we, we've done a podcast on on this feed with Amanda Powers, who's the president of one of Brett's clubs at FC Tucson. That's um, I, I mean, I am on it, so I'm going to say it's a fairly decent listen. Um, if you haven't given that a listen, go go and give it a listen. And it's it, it's it's just great to hear that 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 Brett um Brett's like you said, Stu, is so open minded because it's not not just on this issue of potentially a, a female manager at a club of his or with Ipswich at some point. It's just that thinking outside of the box excites me because I think in in football and in sport in general, um, there is everything follows patterns, and they have sometimes form a certain formation is is the in vogue formation, and everybody copies it. It's a copycat sport in so many ways. The false nine, that's uh, everyone has a go at that, and just to be to be a trailblazer, to think outside the block the box is. Um, it's pretty exciting, isn't it, Ross? In so many, in so many areas. Yeah, I think um, you probably you mentioned it earlier with the is it Emma Hayes, Emma Hayes, the you know Chelsea manager. She was linked with Wimbledon. I think that would a uh, what a moment that would have been. I think the only woman manager I know is playing in like professional. I don't know if she's still manager. Is the French side? Um, yeah, and like Claremont wasn't it? Claremont, yeah, Claremont, yeah. Um, but, it's because we've got um we've got loads of great coaches that the women set up. Um, Paige Short and she's um made her return and she's a fantastic coach and it'll be yeah it'll be a, a mental stay when that ever does happen and hopefully it will, people will follow on and follow on and it'll be more and more but uh it will be very interesting when it does happen. Good stuff, good stuff. Right, I think this is probably the point where I'm going to ask you if there's any other business at the end of a packed hour of of chat. Is there anything that we've that we've missed. We've crammed an awful lot into this, but either, either of you got anything else to add? Also from that athletic interview, Brett Johnson's talked about having the, uh, inheriting a roster of 43 players. And, and uh, I think the plan is he said to, to keep about 10% of them. So we could play a little fun guessing game as that, that would leave us to about four players to keep from that list. So, um, I'll grab your guesses on on who you think the most likely four to survive the Paul Cook Cole would be come come the opening day. Well, my first my first take on this is that there will be more than four, whether they want it or not. I think they they're going to struggle to move someone. But my can we call them the core four? Can can I? This is Mark's job. I'm doing the hosting job. I'm chucking nicknames out. I think Kane Vincent Young is absolutely one of them. I think James Norwood is absolutely one of them. I think John Nolan is one of them. And I think Luke Wolfenden could be, could be one of them, but I think that's up to him. And I hope he is as well. That'd that, be my, that'd be my, my core for, but I do think there's going to be some more players than they maybe want still around. 
I'm going to chuck in. Is Toto still here, isn't he? He still plays for us? Yeah, he's still here. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is where it's got to. (laughs) I'm going to chuck Toto in there. I don't know. I think it's because he's he's got a scout accent. I think he that's what you know. They they're going to keep that that core of scouts players as well with John Nolan as well. So that's my my thinking on that one. Uh, who can I throw in the mix as well? Uh, I think you're right, Andy. It will probably be more than than what they initially planned, but um, still not impossible that Dobrik can hang about and and force his way back into things. Who knows? Um, and then I wonder if someone like a Hawkins or a Drynan just kind of hangs around to be a bit of a third, fourth choice striker that, that gets a few cup games here and here and there. Um, we'll see. But I, I think I agree with you on, on the core four. The core four. Right. Any other business? No other business. Nope. No other business. Well, that I'm going to remember to do this this time. We've had you talking about nose hair trimmers at the start. And ears, Stu, nose and ear, uh, nose and ear hair trimmers. But it's just for me to say thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the podcast today. And uh, just to remind you, you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Twenty percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code KOA. I've also been told that I have to add this final line to the promo read, and I'm going to do it grudgingly. Um, it's time to add a few inches to your Harry Kane with Manscaped. <laughs> and there we are. Thank you for sponsoring today's show, Manscaped. Really appreciate it. Um, just to say we'll be back possibly this week, more likely next, um, to talk about hopefully a few more signings. Please remember to leave us some five-star reviews. We haven't had any for a little while, so please uh, please get on board there. And, and remember there's the, the other podcasts coming up on the feed we've got tractor girls talk and ross is there a have you got a fan show coming up coming up this week yeah, yeah we'll be one this week the fan social so tune in for that excellent give it a listen and thanks for listening this week and we'll uh, we'll see you next time from true crime to football brexit to postal more great podcasts from archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.